0: Hello and welcome to the Coon Hunting University podcast. This is your host, Tyler Duncan, and like always, class is in session. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior step up to the max. Use discount code CHUpodcast at checkout on nighthunters.com conkeys outdoors hunting and hound supply store we stand behind conkeys and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at coon hunting university you can find out more at conkeys or find them on facebook conkeys outdoors and give them a like and gnr cedar dog boxes they make a high quality cedar dog box at a great affordable price if you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. You doing all right today? Yes, sir. How about you? Oh, I'm I'm doing good, buddy. So, uh, got Casey Dooley on the phone doing an interview with us. He don't need an introduction, but uh, Mr. Casey, if you could, please tell the folks that listen to this a little bit about yourself.
1: My name is Casey Dooley. I'm, uh, 45 years old. I live in Minden, Louisiana, kind of northwestern Louisiana, uh, about 30 miles northeast of Shreveport. Uh, I'm married to my wife Tasha. We've been married about 18 years now, I guess. and I'm a, I'm a plumber here for a little plumbing company here in Minden. I just work and coon hunt pretty much.
0: So, Casey, how'd how'd you get your start into coon hunting?
1: Well, my dad and my grandpa were, they were both coon hunters and mainly just pleasure
2: hunting. Uh,
1: My dad kind of got into the competition side of it before I was even around and when I was just a small kid. And uh, he hunted blue dogs and just kind of on the local level around this area, but Mainly, they pleasure hunted, and we always had some kind of hound around the house. We, The whole neighborhood basically rabbit hunted and coon hunted and squirrel hunted, so we always had some sort of dog around. Uh, my dad was the president of our local club up here when I was just a kid, and I remember going up there at three, four, five years old doing some bench shows and treeing contests and stuff like that. And I don't know. My dad kind of faded out of it for a while. And when I got old enough to, to go hunting, he had done about quit. So my grandpa had done quit, and they were all rabbit hunting. And I don't know. I just I just always had that bug to, to run them coon dogs. So we got together with a few locals here. That some of our buddies pleasure hunted, and we started going. And looking back now, it was a mess. <laughs> Hey, t- take a big pack of dogs, and one would do this, and one would do that, and I mean, nobody really knew what an independent dog was or anything else. But uh, some good times anyway. So uh, it just kind of, I guess, just bred into me, born and bred, because that's all I've ever known was was fooling with some sort of dog, just like just like watching a working dog. Of any sort, watching an animal or livestock do what they were bred to do and do it right is just just always been a pleasure to me.
0: Yeah, for sure, Casey. So, did your dad get you started in the competition hunting too?
1: Yes and no. He he didn't he didn't push me to competition hunt, uh but he was a competitor himself. Whatever whatever he did, he would do it a hundred percent. But when he was done. He was done with it he was <laughs> he was hot and cold, so uh I remember as a kid he he had he had the coon dogs while we were little kids and then he, when he got done with coon dogs, he was done. He didn't have a coon dog on the place. I always kept something around, but he didn't have anything and then uh he got into the game chickens and we had game chickens all over the yard and then we got into horses and team pinning and roping and (laughs) we had horses so he just he would take fads and go with it but i just kind of i stuck with the coon dogs so uh my brother my brother he hunted with us a lot but uh he never really took to it like i did so he liked the rabbit dogs so he went that way and i went with the coon dogs
2: okay
1: i guess my buddies i kind of like i said we had some local guys here was our age and, and they had some uncles and buddies that, that coon hunted that kinda hauled us around a little bit and we just hunted around here local and I don't know uh the first competition hunt I went to I I'm almost thinking it was the Louisiana PKC State Championship here at Shangaloo and and I'm gonna say it was probably ninety two or ninety three and i'm I, james rupa was our uh was our club president at the time and i spectated on his cast he was hunting some black and tans back then and uh i remember going to that just just to go watch him he knew my dad and my dad kind of got us hooked up and he said james said you could come up and spectate with him at the hunt and boy i jumped on it you know i once I got up there and and went and watched that that night, I didn't understand a lot of it, but I I was hooked. Uh, and then I had a good friend here, uh, Jason Thomas. He was about my age, and him and his dad always had dogs, and and they competition hunted on the local level. And I I started running with him a pretty good bit, and that's kind of that's kind of where I got to into the competition. We'd we'd all three get together and kinda of travel a little bit from around Arkansas and Louisiana and Texas and uh we we done that for several years until me and Jason got old enough to kinda of get out on our own but uh early teenage into late teenage years I guess they probably hauled me around more than anybody, you know, kinda get my foot in the door.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> That's awesome man. So <clears throat> Casey, what are some of the hounds that you've owned, and maybe some of their accomplishments, or maybe some of the the hounds you've handled and y'all's accomplishments?
1: Well, I guess my first true competition dog was a blue dog. Uh, got him from Randall Bryce. Uh, used to owned by you, Blue Clyde, and several other big name blue dogs around, and uh, I got this dog from him and. We didn't have a bunch of big hunts back then. I mean, it, it, around here it was $10 PKC hunts. And of course, I was just a teenager in early 20s and didn't have the money to run up down the roads, and the big money hunts weren't around. But I run that little old dog for years until he passed away. Uh, I remember looking back on the state standings, like in '93 or '94, somewhere maybe in there, and I'd won six hundred and something dollars that year with Beal. And and I mean, the, we had ten dollar hunts and fifty dollar hunts. I mean, that was it. I remember going to a ten dollar hunt and splitting like thirteen seventy five on a cast win, or eighteen dollars. And and I got to looking back, and I didn't think much of it back then. But if I won. Six hundred something dollars on eighteen, nineteen, twenty dollar cast wins. That was that was pretty good. But I raised a few dogs out of the bill dog, and uh, I don't know, one or two of them turned out half decent, and I could plug around with them. But none of them really just were fireballs by any means. So, uh, from him, I went. I guess I got the rooster dog. It was an English red tick. Uh, bought from Clay steel He was, he was out of Michigan Swamp Rooster or grandpa to Michigan Swamp Rooster. That's probably, he's the one that set me on fire. Uh, I, the dog was three or four years old when I bought him. He was a coon dog. Everybody that drew him around here just, I mean, when you drew him, you knew you was going to get beat. But Clay was notorious about having a dog for six, eight months and selling it. He was, uh, He's a tax accountant, and during tax season he'd get swamped and busy and he'd he'd get rid of a dog pretty quick so i I was in between dogs and I kept eyeballing rooster and and finally got him bought and uh me and my dad partnered on him and we ran him that was er probably early two thousand two thousand three two thousand four somewhere in that area uh I think the dog had about twelve thirteen hundred dollars won on him when I got him. He was a grand night champion uh when he passed away he had i think I'd won a little over twelve thousand with him uh he was on the p k c all time money winning English list up until just this past year i think uh I think I remember looking last year and he was still in the in the top uh I don't know what it is, the top 20 or 30 that they post on there, but, uh, i done a lot of winning with that dog. He was, he was impressive dog. Uh, he had his problems and his faults, but he just, he was a competition machine and a kitten coon dog. I mean, when the kitten coons were out, he was unbeatable. From the rooster dog, I moved on to another little English dog. My dad actually went to Alabama and picked a, a pup up out of Rolling Rock from Mr. M. C. Blackman, and uh, called him High Roller. Ran him a few years. Uh, Roller was a Roller was a funny little dog. He he had an attitude problem. He he either loved you or he hated you. Uh, Roller was either all the way in or all the way out. He would he was moody. He'd get to a hunt, and if he didn't like somebody that was standing there, or a dog fussed at him a little bit, or just anything didn't go his way, he was about done, but the nights he was on, he was on. I finished roller out to a silver champion uh grand night. uh I'm trying to remember seemed like I hunted him in a couple of a k c hunts, but i uh and then Dano showed up, and that's probably the one that's made my mark uh Of course, he was a red bone. Uh, my buddy Scotty Gio and and Rush Springer from down here at Pollock, Louisiana, they had they had bought Dan O. and I ended up. Scotty got mad at him, and was ready to get rid of him, and I I didn't want a red bone. I I wanted something I could win with, and I'll just be honest with with anybody. I mean, there's not a lot of red bones out there that have the running gear and the, and the, what it takes to win big consistently. There's lots of red bone coon dogs, but there's not a lot of competition style red bones. They're getting better, but Dano was that type of dog, and he was on and off, on and off. Anyway, Uh Scotty got got ready to get rid of him, and we done some trading, and I ended up trading a roller dog to him for Dano and and of course some money too. But uh then I I had Dano, and I ran him for several years. Uh, I led PKC breed, red bone breed with him in three years in a row, 2013, 14, 15, somewhere in that area. Uh, I led the state with him 2015 or 16, made him a gold champion. Uh, I got PKC to print me out a, a cast wind deal and I, if I remember correctly, I was right at 120 cast wins in PKC with with the Dano dog. Uh, made him a gold champion. Never made him platinum. But uh, of course, like I said, these now we got the pro classics and everything else. He that just started in the last few years. So I feel like if I had him now, I of course the dead ones are always better. But. Uh, he was a gold champion, grand night champion, finished seventh in the UKC world with him, uh, in 2015. Uh, from Dano, uh, I, uh, I, I, we bred Dano to several females and he produced a few good pups, uh, the Bugs female that Jack Bingham and Roger Shabalon's, uh, she was, platinum champion, made platinum champion out of Dano. Uh, I had her here for a little while. I raised her here at the house and sold her as a pup and got her back and sold her to Jack. Uh, actually, Mark Willett sold her to Jack. I was hunting her for Mark Willett in Kentucky. And uh, Dano produced the Rage female of Derek Cox. She made platinum champion. They're the only two platinum champion Redbone females in PKC history. And i I beat around with some of those pups and, and uh still own one I've got the little she devil female here. She's out of Dan Owen and an English female. I've done a little crossbreeding. She's a night champion dog and a maid silver champion. Uh and then I just been messing with some pups up until probably mid summer last year and uh of course I started hunting the jack dog for Robertson and Chapman uh, I took Jack to the World, PKC World, and finished third there, and then we moved on to the Conway Pro Hunt and uh, won won the Pro Hunt. From there, we went to, I think we went to Monticello, Arkansas to the Pro Classic and uh, got in the finals there, and then first. First part of December, last part of November, went to Buffalo, Texas to the Pro Classic there and got in the finals there on Saturday night. From December to January, I handled Gracie Express for Doolin' and Crossing. Uh, she's a Platinum Champion female, everybody knows Gracie. Coon dog, still a coon dog, at almost 11 years old. Uh... Won a few casts with her, took her to the Nationals, won an early round, got beat out, couldn't catch any breaks up there with her, but then I, uh, I ran across the, the stoner dog and, uh, got hooked up with him and just won the senior super stakes with him. So, I, I've been fortunate. <laughs> I've, I've hunted, i guess i've hunted blue dogs and some english dogs and some crossbreed dogs and a few walker dogs and uh done fair with with several of them i i've I've been i've been fortunate for
0: sure yeah it sounds like you were talking about the bugs female i'm actually looking right now she's the uh top red bone in pkc earnings
1: yes she i if i'm not mistaken I think she is the all-time money-winning red bone, period. Uh,
0: yeah, she is. You're she correct. Was,
1: she won Purina Nationals, UKC Purina Nationals last year. She's got that money won in PKC. Uh, she's she won several big money hunts in, in UKC. She's a dog. Uh, she She's a winner.
2: Yep,
0: it sounds like it for sure. Um, <clears throat> So, Casey, how do you like one to operate?
1: And this sounds like a broken record, but you've got to have one with, with the heart and the drive.
2: Uh, if they
1: don't have that, they, they just don't have it. There, there's a few things you can, you can put in a hound or any dog, any, any, any livestock, even people. (laughs) Uh, but there's some things that are bred in and that heart and drive and, and willing to to work and please it's either there or it's not.
2: Uh you
1: can mold it a little bit but you can't put it there or take it away. And a dog's got to have that drive. Every every dog that I've won anything with that's ever been noticed had that drive. The Dano dog that was the sickliest dog I've ever owned in my life. The dog had heartworms, he had erlichia, he always had some kind of ailment. Uh the little old dog was raw bony, he just looked pitiful. I was I mean half time I was embarrassed to pull him out of the hunt he looked so bad because he just stayed sick all the time. And the dog never give up. The the whole time he was sick, he he was sick probably three quarters of his life. Uh he never quit. He, I would go down to the kennel at night, and I'd be like, I'm not taking him tonight. He needs rest. He don't feel good. And he'd be up on the kennel just just raising cane, ready to go. And I load him. <laughs> if he wanted to go, I'd load him. And uh, he he proved his worth. Uh, he proved his worth in the hunts and in the breeding pen. And and he turned a lot of people's heads on, on red bones. And, I, and, hey, I'm no fool. I'll probably never have another red bone to do what he did in my lifetime, but I'm I'm still trying. I haven't given up.
2: Yep,
0: everybody talks about it. You know, most people they say just what you just said about the heart and the determination. Is that what you look for in a hound to determine if yeah, it can win yeah. or not, you know?
2: You've
1: got to have it. I mean, it, there's all kind of different styles of hunting dogs as far as, you know, you got your layup dogs and your track dogs and your hot nose dogs and your cold nose. dogs. Any of those dogs can win in any given situation, but the one common deal they've got to have is that never give up attitude. Uh, They've just got to have that little bit extra, and I I was talking to somebody just the other day, and I said, there's lots of coon dogs out there, Uh, and it's always a big ordeal between the pleasure hunters and the competition hunters, you know, but. Them pleasure hunters, 90% of them have a good dog too. Uh, some's got a good competition dog, they just don't like the competition it. But, the difference in a good dog and a great dog is not very much. It's just a few notches difference, you know? And, and I believe that, that drive and that ability when you can haul one across the country and get him out of his comfort zone, keep him in that truck for hours on end, and pull him off that tailgate and expect him to perform just like he performed in your backyard three nights before. If you got one that can do that, that that's special, you know. That's and there's and there's a lot of good dogs out there nowadays, but there's not a lot of dogs that can do that. That's that's what sets them apart. And a dog's got to be he's got to make something happen. I always said the the one of course Dano had his faults. But the one fault Dano had was in the middle of the hunt. If When you turned Dano off the tailgate, he was all business right then. He'd treat you a coon pretty quick. Well, then it's kind of in the middle of that hunt. I'm just talking about a general two-hour hunt. It's like he had some slough-off time in there. He was out there, but he just wasn't real busy. And then right at the end of the hunt, I cannot tell you how many casts I pulled off of that dog in the last 30 seconds be in there deep and just hear that old locate and he got to where here locally these these local boys just hand me the card when they'd hear that locate right before the buzzer and say, so Here, just go in there and score him. I was like, No, come on, we gotta go look and he's got the coon, there ain't no use in even going in there <laughs> they'd just give up, but I always said if that dog if old Dano would have got that third coon tree right in that middle, if he would have kept that action up all the way through He'd have been he'd have been way tougher than what he was. The jack dog that I was hunting for for Robertson and Chapman, he was that kind of dog. He he's gonna, he was gonna make something happen. He may get out there and make a mistake, but he made something happen after that mistake and cover it up, you know. And and this stoner dog's the same way. Uh, you can't count him out. He he's in. He's in till the end. He's in till you put him on the leash uh you've got a few minutes left in the hunt and you need a coon you cut him loose because he just liable to he just he's gonna put you he's gonna put you in a position to win
0: are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get that's why i encourage you to go check out gnr cedar dog boxes especially if you're wanting something different GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid do- hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great-looking. At that, they provide a high-quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. Or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA.
1: And that's, that's what it takes. Keep, one's got to be busy. We're in time to vent with these competition hunts. I mean, like it or not, people will talk about their dog treat five or six coons last night, and that's fine. You know, some of them do. But how long did it take you to tree them five or six coons? Was it four hours? Was it seven hours? Was it one hour? When you go to a hunt, you're either in one hour, 90 minutes or two hours. So how many coons can that dog tree in that time that we're allotted? That's what it, that's what it all boils down to. So that dog, when you cut him loose, he needs to be all business and, and needs to be making something happen. And that's the kind of dog I, I, I like to hunt
0: for sure buddy so do you prefer to raise a dog from puppy you know work with a started dog or kind of get a finished dog
1: i'll be honest with you i am no puppy trainer i have i have started some dogs i uh over the years started several and and had some decent ones uh but my i guess my claim to fame is is getting a three or four year old dog that May have some rough edges on. Them. I can polish one, get them tuned up. I I like doing that, Uh but I like the competition hunt. That's that's just I love competition hunting, and so I'm ready for some quick action. And and if I can get one and polish him up and knock the rough edges off of him, that's kind of my forte. The the puppy starting. If I've got that special one, that's that's kind of got it. Yeah, I don't mind it, but I went through a lot of puppies. <laughs> I went through a lot of them, and, and I just, I don't have the patience or the time to, to fool with, with too many puppies. I will, but I I would rather get the two-and-a-half to four-and-a-half-year-old dog, something right in that area. Of course, everybody would, but I think I'd just do better getting one of them and polishing them up and and. and giving them what I think they need and, and taking them to town.
0: Yeah. Seems like you've been successful with it, so might might want to stick to what you're doing, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, I just hate it has been with a walker dog. Everybody that knows me knows I always own an off colored dog, but I'm no fool. I know what it takes to win, and I know what a good dog is. Uh, no matter the color, I've just always, all my buddies and everybody else, they've given me fits over the years. And I know the Walker dog breed is, is leaps and bounds ahead of these other breeds. I, I understand that fully. I'm, I don't live under a rock. And these hunts are designed for the speed and the nose and the ability of, of a tree and Walker. I mean, it's, it's in history, you know, it's in black and white. But when you can take that off-colored dog and come in there and compete with them Walker dogs, and and you may not win everything they win, but you will be noticed, and and that's people notice them off-colored dogs when they show up, and and uh, even the red dog, the red bone. I I didn't go to any UKC red bone hunts and not knocking them. Now I'm I'm not knocking them one bit, but. When I went to a hunt, I went, I went to where all of them was at. I mean, I wasn't trying to keep him behind the barn. I'm, I'm wanting to prove a point. And uh, I'd hunt against the Walker dogs, Black and Tans, the Blue dogs, whatever. When I pull one out of the box, I feel like he can compete with whatever.
0: Do you, do you have a breed of choice?
1: To be honest with you, I was born and bred a Blue Dog man, and I still love a good Blue Tick. But, I mean, they, just like. Blue dogs, the, the red bones, black and tans, the plot of hounds. I mean, I, I'm i in a catch-22. I love the competition hunt and I love to win, but I also love these off-colored dogs. So what do you do? <laughs> I either got to love these off-colored dogs and stick with them and win some, or I need to jump on the bandwagon and, and hunt a Walter dog and try to win a lot. So I've tried to kind of stay in the middle all these years but and i'm not done i'm not done with the red bones uh i'm partners on several very nice young prospects right now that we're working on that just are not ready to hit the scene yet and i think we've got i think we've got a few that are that are going to turn some heads down the road but uh i I usually don't hunt dogs for other people uh, this, this past year, like I said, I was between dogs and all these big hunts coming up. And, uh, Blake and Mr. Ron had talked to me about hunting jack dog, and I, I was like, I don't know. And I hunted with Jack a good bit, and he'd, I'll be honest with you, he'd kind of shut down on, on Blake a little bit, and he's an old dog, and these young boys, they like to hunt. Blake's a hard hunter, and he hunts hard. And, uh, I just really think he had burnt the old dog out a little bit and, and not knocking Blake. I know he'll be listening to this, uh, but, and he'll probably tell you the same. And I took old Jack and just kind of babied him around a little bit and you can't teach that old dog nothing. I mean, he, he is what he is. He's a, he's a eight coming nine year old dog. He, he needs to be exercised and he needs to feel good and take him to town on the weekends and let him do his job. Uh ain't nothing you can teach him out there four or five nights a week, you know, but uh yeah, it's uh i I'd rather hunt a dog for myself, but I just kind of i don't know, I guess you call it a vacation, it really ain't a vacation. I took some time this year and in between dogs, and i hunted that dog for them, and got in with Mr. Butch and Mr. Jim Letourneau and started hunting stoner a little and i've I've had a ball. Uh, of course, I've been winning, but everybody has fun when they're winning. But uh, it's it's been it's been fun. Uh, had a good time doing it. And but as soon as I get another one that I think I can go to town with, I'm gonna be hunting one of my own. But it's hard to run these big money hunts nowadays for a working man. Uh, and I'm not knocking anybody that works or anybody that's got more money than I got. But I can't afford to to run up and down the road by myself on my own dime. To these big hunts every weekend, like I would love to do and and that's where these other guys have come in, and they had the dog and the money, and I had the time and the ability, so we teamed up, and it's worked so far this this past year, so it's it's been it's been good been good for all of us I
2: think.
0: Yeah, if you'd have spent that 15000 from Super Stakes on uh, some gas money and not that new Jeep, you might could afford to run some of them hunts, well, Casey.
1: Oh, Stoner, he needed something to ride around in. So we, we got the Jeep. So uh, my wife said, we sure needed some stuff worked on on this house. I yeah. said, yeah, but I, I sure needed that Jeep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. So, and like you were talking about. You know the Walkers being leaps and bounds ahead of these other dogs, as a group. Maybe not individually, because there's outstanding individuals in every breed. Right. Why do you think that is?
1: I mean, why? Well, it it's the Walker the Walker guys. They even though you still got bickering and arguing and differences, they got together. I mean, these guys as a as a group got together. I mean, they they bred they bred what they thought could win, and and they kept breeding that. And I'm gonna be honest with you: the red bone breed, as much as I love it, the, when that book come out where the red fern grows, and then the movie, I honestly, when people laugh every time I tell them this, I honestly believe that movie and that book hurt our breed as much as anything. Uh because it's just like every fad uh i don't remember what the little show was little movie come out several years ago had the little labrador puppy uh air bud or whatever it was that all the kids like every labrador breeder in the country was selling lab puppies for two or three years because of that movie and and same way with the red bones they went more for looks and a houndy red bone looking dog and so many of them dogs sold for several years just somebody could say they had a red bone and went to the pet market went to the show market and they they bred for looks they bred for for confirmation and just i they there was a few of the old timers that stuck with it. I'll give them that they stuck with it, and the bloodlines are still there and I'm gonna tell you and I ain't trying to call you old Royce Taylor, but uh Royce Taylor's one of them that's stuck being true, and he's he's bred a lot of winning dogs. My dogs go back to all of his old blood and and jealousy in the breeds is what kills it. everybody. I ain't breeding no so-and-so's dog. Mine's better than his. And, and the re- when I was messing with the blue dogs, the blue dog people was like that. And I thought they were the worst in the world. And then I got messing with red bones and I said, my God, but, and there's lots of good people out there in the red bone breed and in all other breeds, but there's, there's a lot of jealous ones too. And even the red bone guys will tell you that. I mean, it's just, but our gene pool is so small on these red dogs. If we don't do these breeding programs right, they ain't gonna go nowhere but i am on I'm gonna say this and 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 I hope nobody takes a chance to it. I think I proved the point with Dano to the red bone breed uh you didn't hardly ever see a red bone in p k c hunts every now and then you see one pop up here and there over the years, you know uh the little red female and uh and several of them other ones that you'd see just pop up every so often but nobody really pushed pkc with a red dog with them in the money hunts they were more ukc and i pushed dano as hard as i could in those pkc hunts and i believe i made a statement uh and i think it gave some people some hope you know that hey we got a red bone that's pretty nice too maybe and if you look now there's still not near as many as it is the other breeds out there but there's a lot of red bones showing up in some of these hunts. And and there's a lot more, you know, and and they're competing. And people are learning that, hey, these dogs can compete too. I don't think it's the dogs as much as the owners. I think the owners don't have the confidence that they need uh, to go to town and, and hunt them dogs. And I, and I hear it all the time, and I just got through saying you got to have the money to run these big hunts. But if you've got a good dog, he'll pay his way. I mean, <laughs> If you can save up a little bit and hit that one big hunt and, and and collect that money and spend it right, you'll have enough to hunt on for for several more hunts. So if you have got a, I've always said if you have got a good dog, he'll pay his way. And if he don't, you can find somebody that'll help you pay his way. So there's people out there all the time looking for good ones.
0: You're correct, and th- there are some nice red bones. You know, I mean, we have one locally here. Chris Collins owns Old Buddy. Oh, buddy yes, has sir. treated many. Him
1: several times. <laughs> I mean,
0: treated many a coon by himself. I mean, just just a good coon dog has won a good bit. I think he's won uh, close to ten thousand now. But he, uh, he's
1: a nice hound. He really is. Yeah. I, I've hunted uh, with him
2: several times.
0: And I mean, that's just one example. You know what I mean? Chris ain't a red bone guy. I don't think he's a. You know, he's a winner guy. He wants to hunt something that'll that's
2: win. Right. Uh, that's
0: right. So we were talking about Dano. Uh, and you've talked about him a good bit, and as far as what all he did for you, do you do you have a favorite hunt with him? You know, a good memory, and you know, if so, what is it?
1: I guess one that stands out. Uh, we had there's a little club up here in Arkansas, about an hour and fifteen, hour and thirty minutes away of uh, Dorado, Arkansas, and we were we were putting on some some little added purse hunts and stuff up there, and I don't even remember what year it was. It had to have been four or five years ago. Anyway, we had we had an added person up there one night. I believe it was a 500 added or something, and it was storming. Me and a buddy of mine were riding up. And man, we we actually got in the middle of a tornado. Had to pull into a convenience store under a under a shed. It was hailing and wind blowing left and right tornado sirens going off. And I called up there at the club. I said, look, man, we're stuck in this storm. I said, uh, we're, we're coming, but we just got to let this thing blow. I said, no problem. You know, just, just come on. You know, we'll wait on you. That's about a good excuse you can get. And I, and we're all friends. And, uh, I know all them boys up there. So. We get up there and the parking lot is full of folks. I guess everybody had the same idea that it's storming and ain't nobody gonna show up. So it it was a load of folks there. Uh just for a little old small hunt. And uh I ended up drawing uh Mark Gilmore was hunting oh shoot. Jake's highway I believe for, for parsley and them. And uh I wanna say Cordera Whitaker was on that cast with the smoke dog and another local guy and I got it up to the river bottom up on the Washita River and uh of course there I am with the only red bone and uh we cut them dogs loose and they all struck right there and Dano was a pretty tight mouth dog and I mean he was struck right there and we all went to strike and I don't remember how we struck in but uh Two dogs hung a right and went straight back toward the truck, just burning the track. Three dogs did, matter of fact. Dano just goes straight right there. and He ain't fifty yards, just rolls up tree. Well, now I'm thinking, you know, what in the world? They're still burning the track. I, I think he missed. You know what what's going on here? Well, I treated. Well, I believe the highway dog come back in there to him. And two dogs treat down there by the truck. So we go to them and, uh, they got a coon. So I'm on pins and needles. Go back. Dano's got a coon. We cut, anyway, we treat three or four coons that night. And I come out of there with six and a quarter or 650 plus. I can't remember what it was. And that just, that don't happen in South Arkansas, North Louisiana. I mean, it, you know, one, two, three coons at the most, but. He was just, he was rocking and rolling that night. I mean, he, he looked good that night. And, and that was, that was a good one. And then the one, I got in a couple of pro classics with him. They were just starting. It was like two and three hundred dollars. And I got in with him over at Queen City and he was, I want to say he was nine years old. I just about quit hunting him. And Tyler Young was in. I don't even remember what Tyler was hunting that night and uh owen shelby was in with the snot dog that he's won so much with another old boy had a big walker male dog and we were all four in and i told him i said i want to hunt and they said man you gonna hunt that old nine-year-old dog i said yeah and they said you know owen said you know me and tyler's best friends i said yeah i know (laughs) and we laughed because we're all we all know each other and i said y'all probably gonna team up on me out there but I gotta give old dog a shot. I said he ain't got many left in him. And I go out there and I won that cast with him. And, uh, that was probably the biggest payout I'd ever won with the dog, be honest with you. And it was 1800. Uh, but I don't know. I've been to so many. Like I said, I had over, I had 120 cast wins with him in PKC. Uh, some of those wins I got moving up toward the UKC world was, were pretty good wins with him. Uh, Pretty memorable wins, and uh, usually there ain't a whole lot of red bones in the top twenty. In that year, there happened to be three, I think. And uh, I was shooting for world champion red bone, if nothing else. And I placed seventh with Dano, and and I think the uh, the Tuck dog uh, ended up placing fifth. So <laughs> I still didn't get world champion red bone, but it it didn't matter. <laughs>
0: So, (laughs) you you were saying you got beat by Redbone in UKC, but and then you were talking about we were talking about PKC earlier and the you know that the involvement Redbones isn't near as high. Have you ever been beat by Redbone in a PKC cast?
1: That's a good question. Yes, I have. Matter of fact, (laughs) was it was it Outlaw? Well, G Man. Well, well, no. Tony Dominguez is for you. G Man has never beat (laughs) Dano. a rivalry going to so <laughs> uh, uh, I actually won the UKC state championship with Dano and uh, drew out with G-man that night and Tony wasn't handling him he'd been up north and uh, Van Weaver matter of fact was bringing him back to Tony and stopped by and hunted that Saturday night and we drew and it was a bad night it was raining and nasty and I think we scored on one coon, and that gave me a double cast win uh, cause I'd won the night and I won the UKC state hunt with him that year. But, uh, of course we've been having the, we've been having the, uh, PKC Redbone days down here at Crowville, Louisiana last few years. And, uh, I'm breed president, even though I'm hunting Walker dog. And, uh, so yeah, I've, I've hunted in it a few years and been beat by some red bones. So it ain't, it ain't been many, but I have been beat by a few.
0: Okay. Okay at least you're honest uh <laughs> no I'm, hey
1: i tell these boys all the time you get some of these young boys said man you sure do win a lot i tell them i said i've lost more hunts than you've ever entered so don't even start that <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, uh so obviously dano's a great reproducer from just looking at some of the puppies that he's reproduced as far as we're talking about bugs and then the funny others. part
1: about that is he was a he's been a great reproducer of females. Really? Makes me sick. I am a male dog hunter and <laughs> he, the best dogs he has produced have been females.
2: Uh, and the, it's just
1: it is what it is, you know. I don't know. I
2: don't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's
0: weird. Are the are the uh are the pups you're messing with now, are they off of Dana?
1: We've actually got uh matter of fact, I'm hunting one right now. That's the litter mate uh, to the page female that Derek Cox hunting. She's out of rage, which is a daughter to Dano and the pistol dog of Clint Burgers, which is a nephew to Dano. So still got that blood there. It's a Dano grandpup, I guess, to make a long story short. me and Jack Bingham and Justin Boblet up in Iowa have a eight ah uh, he's eight or ten months old, somewhere around there. He's a grand pup to Dano. He's out of the shot dog of Mike Rollins up in Indiana and and uh he's out of a Dano female. So he's a grand pup to Dano. And uh me and Bingham are actually trying a dog out right now that is a direct son from Dano. So uh, we're trying and, and don't get me wrong. He's produced some coon dogs, uh, some male coon dogs, but nothing that I thought just had that little bit of extra, you know, I've handled several of them of my own and, and handled some for other people, uh, just cause they were out of O, just trying to get them titled or whatever. And, and some, some coon trayers. but, you know, just didn't have that little bit of extra that, that I thought they needed to, to win on the big level.
0: Yeah. Did, did you get dino collected?
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a good one too. Uh, yeah, I got him. I, I wasn't planning on breeding a dog. Uh, I'm not a dog breeder. Uh, I wasn't even planning on owning a red bone, to be honest with you, until I hunted with Dano a little bit and I said, yeah, he's, he's a winner, you know, but, uh, hunted Dano several years, couldn't, beg or buy or plead with anybody to breed to him because i only had him night champion i didn't even have him grand night and he was like six years old i didn't care he was he was a gold champion in pkc he was winning everything in the country and but these ukc boys wouldn't breed to it uh that's just that was just it in a nutshell and uh so that's about the time they opened up the crossbreed for ukc so i had a few people around here of course everybody hunts walker dogs and they said man we'll we'll breed our walker gyps to him so i bred english to him and a couple of walkers to him and a blue dog and uh i guess the only thing i hadn't bred to him was a black and tan or cur dog but i, I bred several of them and uh and produced good dogs out of all of them we we pushed a little female called Dirty Shirley there for a little while. She was half walker, uh, out of Dan O. Me and, uh, Roger Shable and Matt Dickerson owned her in partners and took her to the Super Stakes and won, won some early rounds with her. Just couldn't catch them breaks on the lakes. But, uh, I think we made her a night champion and won a few pro classics with her. She's a pretty nice little dog. And, uh, I don't know. They just, he was a male dog. He was, he he never produced a good male dog that I and I keep saying a good one a great one he never produced a great one that I saw yet I've heard of some but I haven't personally hunted with them so I'm hoping there's some floating around out there but I got him so I took him to get collected I done got sidetracked here and we got a we got a clinic here it's about forty five minutes from here and several guys had had semen stored there on their dogs and. Got him collected. I think we got 16 straws out of him and uh just sitting on that for a little while. And then I sent him, he was already nine or 10 and I sent him to Dean Beitzel. up at Never Gone and Dean tested him and he said, he don't have enough good, good semen left uh, for me to even waste your money. And I appreciated that because he could have very well collected that dog, you know, and, uh, and would have been no fault of his and, and I would have never known the difference. He could have, he could have took my money and he didn't. He, he sent him back home and, uh, so I had those 16 straws over there and I was at the super stakes. I don't know about three years ago and the vet clinic called me and said their tanks went bad and, uh, lost all the semen that they had stored on everybody's dogs. So. The semen on Dano's gone, so there will be no more Dano pups directly out of Dano. So. That's why we're harping on trying to find us a good male or, or a good grand pup or something like that out of him, you know?
2: Yeah,
0: I, I hate to hear that, man. That's yeah,
1: Like they say, everything happens for a reason. It may be best. That'll keep me from culling so many of them, I guess.
2: <laughs> I hear Because if
1: that movie is true where the red fern grows, I have one out here in this national forest as big as a house.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, is there a particular line of red bones that you you like? Like, how is Nano Nano bred?
1: He is he is directly out of Guitar's Ghost, and he's out of a female that uh, Dale Weaver up Arkansas had, and she kind of went back to some of that uh, some of the same stuff that uh, Sulphur River Buck and some of those older older type dogs, Fireball and Pine Meadows, Amos, and several of them, but I've stuck with the with the guitar dogs, uh, with Royce's Royce Taylor's blood, uh, and Royce won't take credit on a lot of it because there's been so many people that helped him, but uh, he he's been the driving force in it, and I've just watched over the years. You you can look at that list you were looking at earlier, and them top ten dogs right there, over half of them are bred that same way, you know. Uh, like it or not, it's in black and white. So, uh, that's, that's the blood I try to stick with. Those dogs are a little, uh, Dano was raw bony type dog, short-eared, pencil-tailed, racy looking little dog. He, he, he looked more like a greyhound than he did a, A big houndy, blocky-headed, pretty hound. Uh, Of course, that's the kind of dog I like down here where where I hunt uh, thickets and cutovers and swamps and hot summertime. And a big dog will will wear out on you a lot of times here. But uh, them dogs are a little funny. They're they got some little. Some little quirks about them, but a lot of that I've heard over the years comes from that fireball stuff uh that fireball stuff won years ago it was it was a big deal back in the day, and them dogs were a little quirky, but if you get that one, that's just quirky enough to <laughs> have everything just like they need it they're they're hard to beat and and Dano was kind of the same way,
2: yeah, yeah, for
0: sure, as far as you know, I'm not real familiar with the red bones, but I know like we were talking about buddy. And he's built a lot like that. He's got short ears, kind of blocky head. Uh, yeah. Are most of the good red bones that you've hunted against, are they built like that, or are they big houndy looking dogs?
1: To be honest with you, they are. And and I'm not going to lie to anybody. I think probably back in the day, they mixed a little something else in there. Uh, <laughs> they the, the big controversy in the red bone breed was Sandy Creek Jake. And Dano goes back to Jake two or three times back in there in his mama's pedigree and he had a big white blaze on his chest and everybody says sandy creek jake was was half walker uh that ain't what his paper said but everybody that knew him said he was but everybody said dano was a walker dog too uh just drooped in a red hide because of the way he hunted and i said no he's a coon dog that's the way a coon dog's supposed to hunt you know it don't matter what color he is but i don't like them big houndy bloodhound looking dog they just they can't carry themselves in in my opinion they don't carry themselves like they should and they don't move around the woods like they should the stoner dog I'm hunting right now he's a wipeout dog as much wipeout as you can get and he's built just like that I mean little bitty racy thin boned dog short-eared pencil-tailed and and can move so I just I like that kind of dog
0: so we'll we'll kind of move on to 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 Jack to a Walker dog, which I know you you're probably hating that, but uh, what'd you really like about Jack, and how's he different from the other dogs that you hunted prior to him? You know, I know you say he was Jack action was, packed and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, they named him right. His name was Action Jack. Uh, he, like I said earlier, he Jack makes something happen. Uh, he gets his mouth open. Uh, he, he, you're not, you're not gonna get, you'll get your fair share of first strikes on him, but, uh, he's not gonna leave you barking every time you cut him loose, but he's gonna, he's gonna get his mouth open out there, and, uh, he moves. The old dog moves. He moves good. Uh, he, he's moving around them woods and, and hunting him like I did. What I saw from him is he would get over there and get a hold of something he couldn't handle. Maybe a little too cold to track or, or getting some water or something that he couldn't handle. And in just a minute, he'd be out of there. And I mean, when I say out of there, he'd be seven, eight hundred yards, a quarter of a mile, whatever, through the country over there. And the next time you heard him, he was treed and, and he'd pretty much have the meat. And he was, he was just like I'm telling you about the way stoner is. He, he's going to make something happen. Yeah, he's going to put you in the driver's seat and, uh, the dog's got to click with you. And you've got to click with that dog. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how good you are. If you and him don't mesh, it's not going to work. And the old dog just took to me. Uh, Of course, Blake took several pictures and posted them on Facebook. We'd be at a hunt getting ready for a picture or something, and the old joker would be reared up on me, just got both feet on me like he got his legs wrapped around me, got his head against me. And he just wanted to be petted and loved on him i don't know me and him just clicked and uh he done me right and i done him right but he uh he was an action-packed dog and he, he'd roll in there sometimes making him slick but hey just as soon as he done that when when you cut him off at, and he was fixing to go cover it up with a cone, you know uh he wasn't perfect by any means but he he could make he could make stuff happen and i and i really liked pushing him this past year because he's old he's an old dog he's solid uh all the wild and crazy was out of him, and he's just consistent. Consistency, I guess I left that off when you asked me what I like about a dog, but consistency is one key factor, too. Dogs got to be consistent. If you, I've told a bunch of young guys before, I asked, what,
2: what,
1: what does it take to win? I said, well, it don't matter if he's 50% accurate. If he's consistently 50% accurate, you can learn to call that dog. If you've got a dog that's 85% accurate tonight and 10% accurate tomorrow night and 30% accurate the next night and he, he babbles tonight and he's piping mouth tomorrow night and he goes hunting deep one night and don't go hunting the next night, you, you'll never win with that dog. Uh, you won't win much. It's just, they've got to be consistent. You've got to know that dog inside and out to win consistently on a big level on any level really
0: that's some great advice i never i never really thought about it like that as far as you know knowing <clears throat> like you were saying being consistent even with the accuracy if it's 50 percent <laughs> accurate yeah, it don't matter. It, it, yeah it's
1: i mean it does matter in the end but the running joke around here locally is casey could win with a chihuahua Mm-hmm. But I always told them every time they would say that, I'd say, yeah, but I know what that chihuahua's gonna do. And, and that's the key. Uh, people, some people think you crazy, but some dogs are right handed, some dogs are left handed. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to know when I cut this dog loose, is this dog flying in there straight on every cut loose? Is this dog peeling right every time I cut him loose? Is it peeling left? Of course, with the garments nowadays, it kind of ruled some of that out, but. Uh, you can look at the screen and tell exactly what they're doing. But back in the day when we had the beat beats, you, you know, you were just kind of, it was more, you knowing what was going on, but you've got to know that though. You got to know when they open their mouth, is that a hot track, a cold track? Is he going to tree that one? It, you know what, when he locates and, and Jack was a tattletale. I knew when Jack treed, if he had a coon or not, uh, Dano was a tattletale. Several dogs I've had have been tattletales. they they treat different when they had a coon, and sometimes it's just a subtle difference, and you just got to learn it. You got to pay attention, And, and people overlook that a lot of times.
0: Conkeys Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they're proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash to 0% interest for six, nine, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit They'd love to have you, Conky's outdoors, houndsman helping Houndsman. yeah, that's some great advice that's uh I've heard other people say that about you as far as you could win with a a poodle, you know, and that's. Well- a-
1: Sometimes
0: uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or a, or a sly against me, but I'll yeah. take it either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Uh, I I think it's a compliment because I mean I know from what I've heard about you and everybody I've talked to, they say you are a great handler and great polisher of dogs. And uh, so, talk about being in the finals of the world hunt of the PKC World Hunt, and how was that experience?
1: I would. I would rather not talk about that.
0: <laughs> Mr Joe's probably no, gonna be listening it, to this too. He, he... I, I
1: know. He will. Uh it that was actually hey, that was a that was a great cast. I mean, and I ain't I'm not just trying to sugarcoat it. I got beat, but hey, I I was I placed third in the world. I, I didn't care at that point. You know, I wanted to win the world championship, don't get me wrong, but Everybody goes up there expecting, thinking they're going to win, but they don't really expect it. you know uh you're going to the world championship, and when we made it to the I, I was i honestly was not nervous in the finals i I'll say I was more nervous probably in some of the cast leading up to it uh once I got to the finals, it was all gravy, I knew we were we were in we were in the money. We were in the placement. Every Everything was, was lifted off my shoulders right there. I have probably never seen as good as cut and dried as a performance of dogs since I've been hunting. Honestly, I don't know. I, that's the only time I've ever drew goose.
2: Uh, I don't
1: know if that was a freak accident night. I don't know if that's going to be a consistent night with him, but that one night I hunted with him, he looked like a million dollars <laughs> and uh, he and it it wasn't it wasn't fancy it wasn't it was just cut and dried coon tree and striking and treeing, and and walking trees and looking at coons i mean that was it
0: yeah and i know you hate to lose and i don't don't take this of course the wrong way but i mean was it better to get beat flat, you know, outright than Definitely. have to say Definitely. you beat yourself. You know what I'm saying? At least don't, you got beat. Don't
1: get me wrong. I like to get, I like to be in the handler's position. I like to, I like these hunts where I get in there with two or three other handlers that have knowledge and experience and we can kind of put our wits against each other. I guess you'd say you try to use our skills against each other. Uh, but I hate getting outhandled. Uh, I can't stand that. But getting out coon dog, I mean, nobody hand, nobody outhandled the other, me, weed, or, or Joe. Uh, it was strike this one, tree that one, and, and that was it. I mean, uh, he, he put a stomping on us and looked good doing it. My old dog was tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and that dog I, I believe let me see here. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four, five, six, seven. Eight. I guess nine cast. We hunted nine cast and since from Monday through Saturday because we didn't get into Thursday. So the old dog was tired, he was he was hoarse, uh he didn't even sound like the same dog Saturday night that he did Monday night. His voice was gone. I couldn't pick up on his locates as good just because of the way his voice was. He was just wore out, but he didn't quit. He did not quit. And he made that one bobble right there on the first tree. And, and, and I, I honestly think cost us $5,000. Uh, I think we'd have been, we'd have been right there second place if it wasn't for that bab, that bobble he did. But, uh, I took a hundred minus right there. So. It is what it is. We'll try again next time.
0: I mean, you've been dealing with dogs forever, your whole life. I mean, Jack is a rare type of dog to be hunting that late in life at that high of a level, yes. wouldn't you say? Yes.
1: Yes, very much so. Now, I say that if you look at these bigger purse hunts, a lot of times them older dogs are rise to the top. Uh, now, if you get up north and you get in the coon Train contest maybe not but the further south you get or the rougher the conditions and for years in the bigger hunts you'd see an old dog kind of rise up there but but running one like that where you're running all week long that's that's rough and and there comes back to that drive and heart and old jack's been a dog for a while he's just he wasn't ever campaigned. I mean, he was just kinda on the back burner and swapped around a little bit and me and him got together and had the secret formula going and we just it just it just meshed. I won back in the summer, Vicksburg was gonna put on a twenty five hundred dollar Pro Classic. And I was messing with Blake one day and I said, Man, you ought to see if Ron will get one of them $2,500 entries and let me take old Jack over He said, because we had been pleasure hunting together, and he said, well, he might. Let me let me talk to him. So he And I'd never even talked to Ron Chapman up to that point. And uh, he talked to him, and he said, well, he said he would be for it, but he wanted you to hunt Jack a little bit and just see if y'all click or not. And I said, well, I mean, me and you have been pleasure hunting together. I've basically been handling him. While we are pleasure hunting, I said, you know, I know him; he knows me. It ain't like we're strangers. He said, "Yeah, but he needs some assurance." I said, "I understand." So back in the summer, I took him to I took him to nine PKC hunts in three weeks, and won six cast with him. And I called Ron, or Blake called Ron, and he said, "You think that's good enough?" He said, "Yeah, we'll book the entry. We'll book the entry." Well, a week before I was on vacation and, and, uh, Blake was hunting the dog and got him rattlesnake bit a week before the hunt. So that shut that down. I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm out. I had a old dog and he dumped in bit and that was kind of my one chance to hit it. So I didn't think nothing else about it. Well, it rocked on there and got toward the world hunt and they needed somebody to hunt him. So Ron actually called me and he said, would you be interested in hunting Jack? At the world hunt, and I said, "Well, I don't know, and we talked there a little bit, and we we cut a deal and I said, "Yeah, I'll get him here to the house and and uh food with him a couple of weeks and see what we can do, so I got him two or three weeks for the world we don't, we only live like six miles apart, so uh food with him a little bit, and just kind of got on the same page and took off we couldn't couldn't catch a break. On them late rounds though. Uh, Monday, Blake went up Sunday and took the dogs, and then I come up Monday, and uh, I didn't get there till like three thirty or four right at drawout, and he went ahead and drew me out and got my cast and everything, and I grabbed my card and had to drive an hour and a half, I think, I want to say Harrisburg or somewhere. Anyway, we went back south an hour and a half. I was like, man, I just come through there and get out there and win my early round. We would draw out late and get beat. And Tuesday night, go out and win our early round, get beat late. Wednesday night, he looked bad early. We drew Croson, and I don't even remember the other two guys' names. But he he didn't look good, and we withdrew. So Thursday night, that's when I told Blake. he He had sold his dog while he was up there, and he was, he he didn't have a dog to even hunt. And I said, why don't you hunt him early? He's like, no, no, you come up here to hunt him go ahead. And I said, well, let's just change it up. I said, you know, what I'm doing ain't working. You just hunt him and he's your dog. You know, Just I'll just ride with you or whatever. And he's like, all right. So Dillon and Croson had hit me up and said, well, we got a little female up here that we need somebody to handle. Why don't you handle her? I said, okay, well, I'll just handle her early. So they sent me a video over to, while I was headed to the woods so I could listen to her tree because I'd never heard her even bark. And, uh, almost won that cast. Come right down to the last tree. I needed a coon. She had a circle, but anyway, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't win it now, but, uh, Blake won his early round with Jack. We, we actually drew out at the same club, satellite club and come back and, and I was beat. And I said, Well, we're sitting in the truck and that's of course I think he told it on his podcast. He said, Something tell me to let you handle him late and I was like, Well, you've already got him this far, just go on and finish it out. He said, I just I just feel like you need to handle him. I said, Well, it's up to you I said, I'm more than willing to handle him, but I'm not gonna snatch him out from under you He's like, No, you you go ahead and handle him. So he went in there and signed me up as a handler and he looked awesome on that lake. Thursday night, uh, Kyle Dortch got it and judged us and went down there to his place on the little old river and old Jack got a hunter strike and just sunk in the country deep up that river away from the other dogs and, and trees. Other dogs made a few trees down there, a tree a coon or two and, uh, at the end of the hunt, I, well, I'd walked in there and we handled Jack, scored him at a hundred and a hundred and I cut him back loose. He went the opposite direction again. And we were like three quarters of a mile apart. and I treated him. And, uh, we had to walk all the way back to the other dogs and they, I think they had a coon over there. I had to have a coon to win. We got all the way back to my tree and the bottom fell out. It was raining so hard you couldn't hardly see straight up. And I ain't even got him leashed up good and they hollered, here he is. You know, we got him. So, uh, that was a, he, he done a excellent job that night. And then we went into Friday night and one early and the late round Friday night was probably the one I was worried about uh the most. I drew uh Finley, I drew Brent Robertson, and uh oh shoot, who was the other one? I know I'm gonna leave names out and was gonna be like he didn't even remember anyway. He didn't Jack didn't look all that great on that cast, but it just he just fell into place. I mean, everything just fell into place. He just done what he had to do. He actually went in and backed a dog on a tree. And uh it I was so mad I, I didn't know what to do and then it but that him backing that dog and getting me on the leash is really what what won the cast for me. Uh but it worked out and then on the heads up round, uh he looked awesome. I mean, I think we had 550 plus, and the other dog withdrew with 30 minutes left in the hunt. He was clicking. I mean, he was just clicking. So, old dog was tired, but he was still working, and I was tired too. I was wore out. <laughs> old dog and old handler is rough.
0: Yeah, for sure. I know y'all, y'all had a great run. Y'all really did. Is he still hunting Jack? Isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's been hunting him a little bit. Uh matter of fact this coming weekend we've got that seventy five hundred hunt coming up. The old Fiddler, and uh I he hadn't really come out and said what he's hunting over yet, but uh I figure he's gonna have Jack entered in in one night of that at least. But it's getting hot. I mean the weather's turning and it's getting hot and nasty and it's kinda rough on them old dogs and this heat and everything, so I, I don't know what he's gonna do
0: yeah yeah you're right okay so let's talk about the latest walker dog that you've been winning with tell me about stoner
1: who would have ever thought (laughs) stoner stoner's name is what stoner is he is bug-eyed and wild so book sensley him and jim letourneau on the dog Jim lives over in Georgia, and Butch lives right over here at Farmerville, Louisiana. He's about thirty minutes from, and Butch called after i when I wasn't hunting Jack anymore, he called and said, "Hey, I got a dog here for you to hunt and I said, Butch, I'm really not in the business of handling dogs for other people, and he was like, Man, I got a good one you know he he's he's a good one i said Man, you know i i know I knew Butch, but I didn't know him good, I just knew who he was. And I was like, man, well, you know, people will tell you anything, and and I was, I had my doubts, to be honest with
2: you. Uh,
1: and we talked there a little bit, and he talked about the dog. And he said he he's nice, and he can win. And he said, man, Leturno owns this dog, and he said, but the way he works and everything, he said all he can do is hit a few local hunts and. I think Vittorio won like 25 or 27 casts in a row with him a year or so back. Just, just $30 stuff. Just, but, uh, we talked there for probably a week off and on, and it was right there around the first of January. And we had done, I said, well, I'll hunt with him. We'll go hunt one night and look at him. And like I said, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking anything was going to come of it. And, uh, he called me, we we're supposed to go, and he said, man, I can't bring him tonight. And I was like, well, here goes the excuses, you know. And he said, well, I took him pleasure hunting the other night and said he got in a pack of hogs and got cut up pretty bad, taking him to the vet. So He called me back. The dog had 17 staples in him. I said, well, as soon as he gets healed up, you know, let me know. I went out to the Lone Star, Uh, hunted Gracie out there, and uh come back from the Lone Star, and he said, "Man, he's he's ready. I think we can we can hunt him." So he showed up. We went down here to a big bottom, and he still had a few of the staples in him when I when I got him out of the truck. We hunted that night, and the dog dog didn't tree coon that night on the outside. He treed five den trees, I think. We were headed back, and Butch said, Uh, oh, he didn't look too good, did he?" I said, "Well." I, I didn't care if he treated me a coon or not, and he said, "Do what?" And I said, "I I wasn't worried about him treating a coon. I know the dog can treat coons." I said, "I was looking at how how he's doing." I said, "He moved around the woods good." I said, "He he got treated quick." I said, "A good tree dog." I said, "He got a good mouth." I said, "We might can work, you know, we might can work with him." So we were sitting out here in my backyard talking, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and I said, "What do you want?" Out of this deal. And he said, Well, what do you want? And I said, I want to handle a good dog at the big hunts. I said, That's what I want. And I said, I want somebody that can push me and that dog if that dog's worth going. He said, Well, I'm your man. And I said, Well, you know, everybody says that until it's go time.
2: And and then
1: a lot of people back out on you. He said, If I tell you something, you can take it to the bank. And I'd heard that from several other people. That, that Willie was, his name's Willie Sinsley. We call him Butch. That Butch was straight up. And, uh, and I had no reason not to believe it. And, uh, I said, okay. I said, well, I said, if we want to hit a $2,500 hunt next week, can you handle that? And he said, yep. I said, what about the weekend after? And he said, yep. I said, well, what about the week after that? He said, just load the wagon. He said, if you think the dog can go, I'll put the money on him. I said, well, here's the next deal. And 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 I'm not bragging on this, but I've hunted for myself all these years. And, and I told him the exact words. I said, I'm not looking for a boss. I don't want to hunt for somebody that's sitting in their house at night on the couch calling me, telling me, how to hunt, where to hunt, what I need to do. I said, if you leave the dog here, he's basically mine. And I said, I'm just getting all this out and open so we don't have any <laughs> quarrels about it down the road. I said, if, if you leave him here, he's mine. And I'm going to call the shots, and I'm going to do him like I think he needs to do. And I said, if I think he's ready to go to a hunt, I'll call you and tell you to book it. If I don't think he's ready, I'm not going to waste your money. I said, I will treat your money like my money. We shook hands on it. He left him here. And let me tell you something. That was a hog running son of a gun. <laughs> he, if it, I'm not trying to repeat the wipeout story, but if it's got blood running through it, he's on it.
2: And
1: I worked on him and worked on him and worked on I won a cast one night on a $30 hunt. He had baited a big boar hog, had a hundred and a hundred on it pulled him off that hog bait up in a clay root and turned around and went and made a den tree and then tree to coon and won the cast. The other dogs were making slick trees and circle trees. But uh that's the kind of dog he is. I I think I'm gonna knock on wood. I think I've got him broke off hogs. We've done lots of work on that. I'm not saying he wouldn't still run one if he jumped up in front of him, but he's not coming off tailgate looking for him. But uh Stoner is, he's a winner. He He's a winner. Uh, if he stays on the path that he's on, I don't think y'all seen the end of him. But Butch and Jim have been awesome. Uh, I cannot brag on them enough. They've done everything they said they would do and uh, provided this dog. And, and Jim put a lot of the footwork in this dog. And Butch is backing him, and, and Butch said all he wanted out of it was his name in the magazine. So I gave him his wish. So we'll see if it keeps rolling.
0: <laughs> so what what makes him special though, Casey? You know, what I mean, what's he do? I know you said he moves around real good. And, uh... He
1: fires every cut loose. He fires. I mean, he he he's a competitor. Uh, you can take him hunting by himself. He leaves you. He goes hunting. He trees he coons. You line him up with four dogs, and his eyes roll back in his head, and his ears are pinned back, and he is just screaming ready. It's just when you line him up, he just his his whole body shakes. He's just he's just ready to go, and and where you point him, that's where he goes, and and he does it fast. Uh, he he's he's fast, and he's just tough. He's tough as they come. At the two or three weeks before Super Stakes, we had the Louisiana State PKC hunt at Crowell. He wasn't qualified, so I took him down there and hunted in the open event. First year I hadn't hunted in the Louisiana State Championship, and I couldn't tell you how long. I hunted in the open event, uh, went down into Big Lake Bottom in the in the reserve down there and uh we treat two coons on that early round and and to treat both of them come back and there was only there was only 12 dogs in the open so it paid 110 a piece me and uh one of the other cast winners is ready to split and moody michael moody was our hunt director and matter of fact he was already filling out the wind slips and uh the other guy come in uh Morris Anderson, matter of fact, Morris wanted to hunt. He wanted to hunt it off. He's trying to move his dog up in the state race and all that. And I said, come on, Morris. I said, and I'm not knocking Morris. Hey, if he wanted to hunt, we could hunt. I said, man, it, it's 110 a piece or 230, 50, and 50, you know.
2: And uh, he's like,
1: I, I just feel like I want to hunt. I said, okay, let's go. So we loaded up, go down there, and we, we scored one coon on the late round and, and stoner tree did. The late round is over, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Everybody's scattered, going to get their dogs, and me and Trey Bond headed in there toward RT and they're in there probably half a mile. Trey finally gets his back, and I get within 200 yards of stoner, and he strikes another track, and he leaves. And, and Now, mind you, we cut these dogs loose at 8.30. He strikes another track at 3.30 in the morning. He crosses a big bayou that is rolling and come straight on the other side of it over there. Well, I get to him and I can't cross the it, baggie. It's over my head, the water's white capping down it. And I'm baby talking him and slapping my legs and clapping my hands and come on, come on. And he just looking straight up, tree as hard as he can treat. Well, it turned from that baby talking to screaming and hollering and calling him every name under the sun. and. <laughs> till i was blue in the face and lost my voice and at 4:30 in the morning i just sat down back against a tree right there and we we're gonna take a nap and wait till daylight because there was no way to get to it and a river was on one side and the other you went down there about two miles and looked back into the river so he was in the kind of on the island and uh chad bro was on the cast he was our judge he was actually waiting on me up on the road 5:30 in the morning he he said, man, I'm still out here waiting on you. So I walked out about a half a mile, and Lively and Clark Canterbury come down there and pick me up. And they said, where's he at? And I told him, Lively said, man, I ain't never had a dog getting there. He said, we can't, we can't get to that dog from where he's at. And I said, I know. I said, just leave him, and let's go back to the camp, and I'll come back and get him after daylight, get a couple hours sleep. And that's a good place down in there. I mean, it's we hold a bunch of hunts in that big reserve. and and it's miles and miles of nothing. You know, It, I mean, there ain't no highways or anything like that. I, I usually wouldn't even leave a dog like that, but I go back and get me a couple hours sleep, and me and my buddy Shannon Barton go down there, and it's 9.30 in the morning, and this dog's still treed. And uh, I finally find a place to cross, and I'm, I'm a half a mile from him, and I get about halfway to him, and he'd quit, and he was coming down the creek toward me, between me and him, again, he strikes another track, and he leaves from there. And I don't know what he's running. I think he probably jumped deer or hog when he when he struck this time. But he left from there went a mile. He's a mile and a quarter, matter of fact, on my Garmin when he come treat again. And uh, I come back across the bayou, and we drove around, drove around, drove around. the closest I could get to him was one a mile and a tenth. And I walked all the way in there, me and Shannon. And when I snapped him on the leash, it was 12 noon. And he still pulled all the way out of the woods wanting to go. (laughs) And we'd been hunting since 8 o'clock, 8.30 the night before. So we drew out Saturday night on the open event again. And he was hoarse and kind of wore down. He, He covered a dog on a tree right there. And then he went and treated a coon right in between the dogs. And then he jumps him another deer or whatever, coyote or whatever it was, and he goes three quarters of a mile in there, and he falls tree again. And I go in there to him, and it's a den. Then I got beat on that on that round, but he made another tree after that when I recut him again. So that right there, it's it's a pain. It it, is long nights and and tiresome, but. That's what it takes to win, uh some people can't handle that i did i I talked to butch several times, and I said, "I don't know if I'm man enough to hunt this dog because uh, he just he's such a hard going dog, but me and him have got on the same page. he likes me uh as much as I've done to him in the last three or four months. He likes me and he wants to work for me now and uh we just we we clicked. Uh me and him clicked and uh we ain't done yet. <laughs> I hope.
0: So you won super stakes with him. Walk, walk me through that, Casey, if you don't mind. You know, did Monday
1: you... Monday night we drew and uh we we were in it right to the end, uh treat treated den right off the bat and and I'm I'm so terrible with with people's names and remembering all these casts, but try not to leave anybody out, but it's hard. Uh, Monday night we drew, and first tree was a den, him and a, a English dog was treed on it. We cut loose from there, and I, I, I think the little female took some minus anyway. English dog trees again. Well, finally the dog that won our cast, he uh, he trees a coon, and uh, stoner's tree up the river. I get him treed little female ends up with a coon anyway i'm we're all right there in the ballpark and, and the other dog's winning the cast and uh there's 11 or 12 minutes left i cut, and uh he flies in there and he gets treated again uh with like five minutes left in the hunt and it's it's right on the side of the river and the 20 m old down trees it just goes out into the water and I mean, the coon messed him around. He missed it. That's just all it is to it. But, but he gave me a shot. You know, I cut him loose. He didn't quit. He went in there and got hooked again. Uh, and that's what it takes. So, all right, I'm I'm not mad at him. I'm I'm in the ball game. I'm beat, but I'm in the ball game. I'm competing. So Tuesday night we draw Shelburne, Indiana. Uh, them Bud Hood and them do an excellent job up there at that club. And and. That group of girls up there, the, the shorter sisters, they're, they're 18 to 20 years old. I don't know where, I think it's two sisters and a couple of friends anyway. Some of their uncles and dads or whatever hunt up there, they guide. And of course, people see a teenage girl guiding them and they're like, Oh, here we go, you know. And I, I kind of thought the same thing myself, to be honest with you. Uh, and Gracie Shorter guided us, and she takes us down to this power plant. And son, we got in the coons, and they wasn't just stacked in there, but there was coons spread out enough in there that dogs could get treated. And, and uh one dog blew out of pocket, and he—I mean, he—he he pretty much put himself out of the hunt. Little female, she treated coon right off the bat. Stoner treated one past her, and by the time I got Stoner scored the little female and another male dog were already treated again and it was kind of a lake uh, coming off of that coming off that uh, electric plant or whatever that was there and kind of fingered down right there and I had to send him right over the top of him and so I sent him and I strike for a quarter with a line under it and he treating there with him and I just treat him for a quarter and I, and I usually don't, I, I hate treating like that but on stoner, you just call him for what he does. So I treat him in there, and they got a coon, and cut loose again. I get a hundred, and a hundred on the next coon. When it was all said and done, they were starting to withdraw and everything else, just me and the female left. And uh, I ended up with 575, I believe it was, on the early round. Uh, late round, drew out again, and... Uh, think i ended up with 350 plus on that round he looked
0: good on that round hey y'all tyler here from Coonutton university i want to talk to you a little bit about extreme dog fuel and what sets them apart superior nutrition at the lowest price possible so they've been told the amount of vitamins and minerals they use in their feeds overkill and that they could reduce cost by incorporating less expensive ingredients in their formula But they believe the right mix of important ingredients makes a huge difference in your hound's skin, coat, performance, durability, health, and longevity. They promise they'll never change their product to lower the price or to compete with cheap commodity dog foods. All their ingredients are taken from the South Central United States. So go check them out and you can find out more about Extreme Dog Fuel at extremedogfuel.com and find a retailer near you today extreme dog fuel feed it for life
1: matter of fact the first cut loose i had a quarter and a quarter all dogs were treed together on the same tree which does not happen I had a big pkc hunt 90% of the time but and i usually don't get a quarter strike on him but i took a quarter and a quarter we got a coon other dogs made a circle tree little female tree coon he blows out of the country and it's like eight-tenths across these cornfields treed in the fence row, and he's got a coon. I cut back into him, and he, I think he covered a little female on a tree that was already been scored or something. And one dog made a slick. And Josh Watson had four some treed through the country, like nine-tenths over there, and I'd cut back loose. and I was just, we were walking away from him the whole time, and I was like, gosh, I need to get treed. And, uh. Messed around there and the wind was blowing from him to us. There was probably three minutes left in the hunt. I get him treed. And uh, Judge sends me and the other guy back to handle the dogs. We've got two dogs treed over there and they're split. Little female comes in to where stoners treed. And anyway, they score four some He's got a coon, so he's got it one unless I got a coon. And they come back to me and I got a coon. So... That was pretty good. I got in Tuesday night and I've never done that. Uh, getting in early like that's a bonus. Wednesday night I handled, uh, I handled Little Red Female for Derek Talk and we didn't do any good with her. And Thursday night I just stayed at the trailer and rested and rested the dog and Friday night early we'd get out there and get in and he looked good. Uh, that was the cast probably that he done. That was the cast I was probably worried about. We had uh, had foursome again with Josh Watson, and had Randy Gadd with Fade to Black, and had Tracy Thompson with Daisy. Stoner was the lowest money winner on the on the card, and I was looking it over, you know, and I was like, boy, this is this is gonna be the cast right here, you know, it this gonna be a tough one, and we get out there and these dogs strike. And we're running down the edge of a cut cornfield there, right down the fence row. get gets 100, I strike for 75, and I think Daisy gets 50, and Black gets a quarter. They're kind of going on in there deeper down that fence row. Where Stoner takes a left and goes into the woods and comes back down right beside us, really, but out in the next field over on the edge of the little creek right there. He trees Daisy in there deep. Randy trees black in there, deep left-handed from her. Well, Stoner comes back, tree toward the truck. So we all split up, go to scoring trees, and uh I get down there to my tree, and they come back, and they both got coons. We score mine, I got a coon. So I'm winning the cast of 175 plus. Daisy got 150, and I guess Black's got one and the quarter. Well, I walk off my tree, and we're out in the middle of this cut corn, and... I'm right in the middle of the field when I got a cut and I am I'm like, Dang, I need to be in the woods so I just aimed him, you know. I aimed him toward the patch of woods I thought he needed to go in where we ain't been and he just fired in there like a rocket. As soon as he gets in there, I mean he starts opening and I i strike him and in a minute he rolls tree and I tree him. Well by this time he had done got foursome some tree and he's in there for a hundred and a hundred, so I knew I got to get tree. and <clears throat> force them i don't know he caught a coon on the ground or done something because he left from there he takes a hundred minus and they come back to me and i got another coon so that puts me at 300 plus so he's got daisy tree through the country and we've got to go to her and we start walking and i cut he strikes again i strike him in for a quarter and the hunt's running down. I mean, there's like 20 minutes and we're going to eat it up going to Daisy. So I'm sitting in good shape and stoner comes treat again. <laughs> Randy Gab says, my God, is, is that stoner treat again? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, has he got another coon? And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, well, are you going to treat him? I said, not unless I have to. <laughs> so we walked out of here and, you know, pretty much out of hearing of him and, uh, by the time we got over where Daisy was, the hunt was over and she couldn't win. So, but I uh, went back to stoner after the hunt was over and, and he had a cone, and, uh, just in case. And that's, that's back to what I was saying earlier. He, he's always going to give you something, you know, just give you a little insurance. So late round we, uh, we drew the stone dog and, uh, I gave the dog a hundred hundred minus right off the bat, truck for a hundred, he struck for seventy five. We rolled in there around some hills and hollows and the wind was blowing, sleeping and snowing and raining and I mean it was terrible. And uh I could hear him locating down in this hollow but I just I couldn't hear him like I needed to and the wind was whipping, he was in this hollow and Garmin saying his tree and I can hear him locating but I just can't hear that bark I need to hear and I I jumped on it. I treat him, and he just as soon as I treat him, he left. So I take a hundred minus. Well, I'm, you know, I'm two dog cast. I'm, I'm done. Well, we he, dogs. He's, he's left the country now. So he's looking for something. Well, in a little while, the other dog just comes walking up to us. I don't know why nobody does. He just walks in, takes seventy five minus, and I'm like, okay. We got a ball game. You know, this is my night. Stoner gets treed. We go in there to him. He's got a den tree. Well, I'm leading with a legitimate tree, but I, I don't like it. I, it's a false sense of hope. So another dog comes in around him and messes around. Uh, Billy Berry was hunting that dog, that stone dog. He kind of trails around in there and leaves out up the hollow. Well, I cut stoner loose, and he goes up the hollow. Well, you can't really hear him. I get struck. and. Wind and everything's pitching around, and we walk around this other hollow and as soon as we get around the corner, they're both just blowed up. Tree, and I could see Stoner was treed on the Garmin for a little while, but I, I couldn't get where I could hear him. Finally, uh, as soon as we get around that corner, we can hear him. I mean, it was a calling contest. I, I got Stoner treed right ahead of him. So,
0: in uh, uh, Casey, let me let me while you're talking yeah. right there, how difficult is it when you got a dog named Stone and one named Stoner?
1: Look, on the early round Tuesday night, we had Stoney and Stoner. And then on the late, on the late round Friday, we got Stoner and Stone. And I told, <laughs> I said, this could get a little confusing. But, uh, Ben, we just had a two dog cast. That was pretty on that heads up cast. It, it made it a little better. got a coon i'm winning the cast 25 plus he's got 25 i got 25 i got top breaker so we walk a minute and we cut loose and uh he strikes for 100 i strike for 75 left-handed and uh stone goes back and, and and trees on the same tree so he runs stationary on him a minute or so and he trees him and mine's beating around on a bad track over there left-handed uh go in there and handle him and I'm watching the clock you know it's ticking down like yeah come on just burn it down and we get back over there and Stoner opens just enough to get this stone dog cut and he gets him well he don't strike yet uh, so there's eight minutes left and Stoner shuts up and he runs a six on me and I'm like oh my gosh this is the end of it you know uh like two minutes left on the six, and he opens up stone opens up and they get struck and they strike something hot and i don't really know what it was don't care but they was burning right back toward us and i don't think it was a coon but i'm like these suckers if this is a coon they are fishing a roll tree right here in front of us and it's gonna be another calling contest and uh beeper goes off and and that was it so that moved us to the finals
0: yeah and you're you're in the finals now uh walk me through that and how did that how did going in the going into the finals of that hunt compare to going in the
1: finals of the world hunt i don't know i think i i think i like this one better i think it meant a little more to me you know doing that with jack was great i i will never i mean i'll have that forever but that was kind of a one time deal, you know, and you done it with this dog, but then turn around, come right off of that and went in the pro hunt and getting in at those pro classics and then turn around and I'm headed back into the finals of the super stakes with a different dog. That, that kind of put the icing on the cake. Uh, we're headed to the woods and, uh, I, my parents are all in. You know, they they supportive of anything me and my siblings do. And uh I called my mom and dad, and, and I was talking to them going to the woods. And Mama said, "Well, what do you think your chances are in this finals?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna tell you, I don't want to jinx myself, and I don't want to be overconfident. But I'm telling you right now, I feel like I'm gonna win this hunt." And she said, okay, now don't get too cocky with it. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm I'm not getting cocky. I said, it's a simple fact. Stoner, don't quit. I said, it's the end of the week. All these dogs have hunted the same amount of time. The dogs are tired. The handlers are tired. I said, and when the cream rises to the top, when they're all wore out, and I said, I just think, and I've never hunted with either one of those two females, but I said, this dog right here don't quit. And I think with these dogs being tired right here at the end of the week on this hunt, I think this is where he's going to shine. And uh I don't know. <laughs> I, I was hoping and, and wishing, and, and it happened. So <laughs> we cut loose. We walked way down this levee and uh went on the Wabash River. Beautiful bottom. Uh Steve Bassham was our guide and uh, Burden was our judge, and we get down there and cut loose, and and I'm struck and treed within 47 yards, and I don't like it. I I, I didn't like it a bit. I think he was a little too jazzed up and ready, and I just, I don't know. I I didn't like it when he come on it. little sugar female coming there and went to treading with him. He trees her. jwoww keeps going and that that even put more icing on the cake i was like yeah he ain't got nothing you know she took that track right out of there so we go in there and it's it's i find a hole in it uh i the tree was probably slick but it was a den tree i mean it had a hole had a legitimate hole we circled it so uh the little female sugar, she left. She left it before we got there and took a minus. And again, I want to win the super stakes, but now I'm in the finals. My nerves have they've left. I'm I'm not, I'm not worried. If, if I win it, great. If I don't, I'm in the finals of the super stakes. I'm, I'm good. I'm getting paid and, and, and I've made it. So they're still trailing and I cut. And I asked the judge, I said, can I cut over here right-handed? He said, you can go where you want to, where well, there's a slew of water there. And I just run right out across that water and send him on the other side. And uh right after I sent him, they uh, they uh come treat down there. We go to them, and they've got a coon. And that gives JWow 200 plus. So we pulled them off, cut them. I still have not opened. Uh, they both get struck back in. I get struck in for 50. I come treat. I'm, I'm 700 and something yards in there. So, uh, maybe I treat. I I don't remember exactly how it all played out. They were still scoring that tree and I had struck and treat is what it was. I'd struck in for 50 somehow. I don't remember how it was. Anyway, me and, and the backup judge, Basham, went, went to handling. We get there, wait on them, they get there, we got a come. So I got hundred and fifty and she's got uh, two hundred, j Wells has got two hundred. And uh Jay Wow's treed in there again, but he's she he hasn't caught her. So I walk my minute and I cut right handed and he flies in there and I get him struck and uh he's running the stationary on Jay and he trees her or well, he trees sugar and Stoner comes trees right handed so I I treed him. So Cass starts going toward the two females, and me and Basham start walking toward Stoner. And we get about halfway there, and Stoner shuts up. And I'm looking at my Garmin; He's still treed. He's he's not moving. He's not going anywhere. He ain't saying nothing. And Basham looked at me. He said, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know what he's doing. I said, he's still treed. And uh, he said, I got to run the two. I said, well, go ahead. So he runs the two, and the two catches me. So I take 100 minus, and I'm like, this is over. You know, if this, this Jay's got 200 plus, he's treed again. I'm I'm going to be sitting here with 50 plus. Well, we turn to start walking toward them where they're scoring them trees. He comes back treed again in the same place, and he just don't sound right. He's baying, sounds like. I told him, I said, man, that ain't right. He said, well, you can retree, or we can just go back to the cast, whatever. If you retreat we can head on back in there to him again. They're still scoring that tree. I said, Well him. We take off in there and we get in there and he's in a slough and he's got a coon in the water. And uh Basham's like, Well he's just out there in that water. I said, No, he's got a coon right there. Look look on that log in front of him. Sure enough there's a coon sitting there, just about half dead, wobbling, and uh stoner's bleeding. I mean, he's cutting the eye, his both ears is cut, tongue's cut, uh under his chin, his eyes trying to swell shut on
2: him. And,
1: uh, I run over and grabbed him. He's just having to stare down with his coon. He's done quit barking. I mean, he's just looking at him. The coon's looking at him. <laughs> and I'm going, man, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any. I said, I just took a hundred minus on this coon. I said, then now that I'm going to get plus, I'm only going to get plus 25. So I lost points. I said, I've, I've lost 75 points by treating in here. I said, this is terrible. So we're sitting there waiting on the cast to get there. And I'm trying to keep this coon from running. He, he ain't feeling good, this coon. He's sitting there wobbling around. I'm trying to keep him from getting out of sight and keeping Stoner close to him as I can without him grabbing him. And they finally show up and they said, all right, we see him plus him up 25, minus him to 100 for the two. I'm sitting at seventy-five plus, and I'm like, "It's over." And uh, I said, "What's the score?" And he said, "Well, Jay was slick." And I said, "Do what?" He's like, "Yeah, Jay was slick, and the other dog took some minus and this, that, and the other." And so I'm winning, so we got a different ball game. So we walked a minute from the cane in the water and have to recut. And I know what's going to happen. Well, the little sugar dog goes around over there and she starts baying at the coon. Well, Stoner makes a loop out there pretty good loop well he can't take it he comes right back in there she finally leaves out and goes to beating and banging down the creek and stoner goes in there and starts baiting him again so they run the stationary on me and i'm just biting nails gosh dog, you know it need to kill him or get out of here or do something well i think stoner finally gets a hold of the coon i guess because he's he, you can hear him sloshing in the water and everything, and he drops it and leaves. And, uh, breaks the stationary on me. And he goes over to the little females beating around, and she's having a hard time. in some water and stuff right there, and he, he beats around a little bit. Jay comes, she strikes over here left hand, and she's beating and banging around. It's just, the conditions have done got bad. Nine seconds left. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, about 15 seconds left. Owner comes treed right there where the gyps trailing around like oh my gosh don't do this just shut up I don't need you to bark don't do nothing I'm holding $15,000 in my hand you know (laughs) I just sit there I don't say nothing 9 seconds left in the cast and and coy trees sugar which I don't blame it I mean he had to and the whole it's like time stopped the whole cast the guy with the camera turns around. <laughs> Everybody's just staring at me. And of course I've got a thousand thoughts running through my head in nine seconds. You know, do I tree? Do I do I hold off? Do I take my chances? And here we go again. It's hard to say what you were thinking in nine seconds. But I was I was trying to weigh my odds, you know, if I, if I if I don't tree and she's got a coon, she moves the first, uh, I bump down to second. If I do tree and she's got a coon, I stay where I'm at. If I tree and she's slick, then it changes the outcome of the cast. If I tree and mine leaves, that changes the outcome. And everybody just, I mean, time has stopped and everybody's staring at me. And I said, you're just going to have to beat me with a coon. And I kept my mouth shut. And we go in there and she got a circle tree and I like I I liked the lost it right there. <laughs> it was it, it turned into a nail biters right there at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the play by play, uh reading it. And they're saying uh Sugar Tree for a hundred nine seconds left. Casey's shaking yeah. his head in disbelief. <laughs>
1: it was terrible i mean it wasn't terrible i mean it was awesome but that's when a handler is put on the spot i mean it that was a bad bad situation and and i didn't realize i've been doing this since i was 15 and and i I guess i am a good handler i didn't realize how much of a i don't know how much that spoke of me to do that and I wasn't I wasn't making that call because of that. But I've always live and die by beat me with a coon. If I'm winning the cast, you've got to beat me with a coon. I'm not gonna throw that Hail Mary right at the end thinking you may have a coon. And and that's what I've I've done that in ten dollar hunts, I've done that at world championships, I you know, thirty dollar hunts, whatever. And and I've done it right there but it was on Backwoods Heritage on the video, it was on the play by play, and and so many people called and texted and everything said, man, said that, that last nine seconds when you told him to beat me with a coon, said that was just unreal.
2: And I was like, well,
1: I, I, don't, I didn't think it was, you know. <laughs> but looking back, I guess it was, I guess it was a pretty good deal, but uh, it just kind of, that's just kind of how I handled, so.
0: Yeah, I think we found the title for this podcast, Beat Me With a Coon.
2: <laughs> well, that may be a good one.
0: Uh, so, man, that, that was, that's awesome. That, that really is. And I know that you were walking on air after that. I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I couldn't
1: hardly walk out of the woods. That dead young phone was blowing up. Really? I mean, just, and, and I know I'm rambling here, but. Talking about stoner and the drive this dog's got. So we're, we're done. We're walking out. This dog is eat up. I mean, he, he's got blood dripping out of him. His eye is trying to swell up. Uh, he's sore. He's shaking. He's been in the water. He's tired. We're walking down this levee and a bobcat comes out of the bottle, crosses the levee in front of us. And one of them says, "My gosh, look at that bobcat!" You know, and uh, we all watched him go right down. And as soon as me and Stoner caught up right there, and he crossed that track, he hits the end of that leash screaming, ready to go. And I'm like, "You fool! <laughs> you can't even kill a coon in the water. You don't want to tackle that bob." But that—that's the kind of drive that he don't quit. He just, I mean, his head swelled up, his eyes swelled up. He's done lost blood. He, he's tired, and he, he's fizzing around a bobcat if I turn him loose. You know. Uh, <laughs>
0: that, that's awesome, really is. And uh, uh, are y'all gonna offer him a public stud?
1: I don't know. Uh, Butch wants to get some semen collected on him, and uh, as soon as this hunt is coming weekend's over with, and everything goes right, I'm gonna try to get us an appointment. I think we're gonna try to go to, to Oklahoma and uh, see if we can get in up there and uh get him collected and Butch mainly wants uh wants some breedings for himself down the road. But I'm sure he'll he'll breed to some outside females, you know, the right ones, but I don't know that he'll that he'll advertise, you know, and, and try to, try to sell some stud fees on him or not. But, uh, I like to hunt and I've, I was in that stud dog deal with, with Dan O, and man, it's a job. I mean, it, it's a pain. Uh, met a lot of good people, but man, people, people will run you to death with the breeding these dogs and and then, you know, and my deal is, we've got to have the breeders out there. We've got to have people making good crosses. But so many times, you got a young dog like Stoner. He's just coming four. He just, he matter of fact, he just turned four this past week. People always throw him in the pen after they win something big, and then try to replicate that dog. Well, you may not ever replicate him again, and and you still got that dog, and he's right there, but you're letting him go to waste trying to get the next one just like him. The dog was born and bred to hunt Hunt him, you know, and I'm a firm believer in that. Let him him go, let him hunt. We're gonna try to get some semen on him and and, and do that, and and I'm sure there'll be some nice females bred to him, but, and he, hey, if you're a wipeout man, he's got it. I mean, he's got it on both ends, (laughs) and he's got it all the way around, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, I didn't, I didn't have any idea what the dog was out of. I knew he was wipe out bread dog and Butch sent me a picture of his papers one day. His great great grandma on his bottom side, he goes back to Georgia Cyclone and Carolina Peach and Tree Talking Annie. Tree Talking Annie, Scotty Gio the same guy that I got Dano from, owned Tree Talking Annie when she was eight or nine months old. And, uh, we hunted that dog right here for several months and she was a little coon trigger but that was the trashiest heifer you you couldn't break her whatever she come across she was gonna run it uh but if she come across a coon she'd run and tree it too she treed her first coon Behind my old blue dog, Bill, that first blue dog I was talking about earlier, uh, we hunted her and Bill together because he was pretty solid and, and a good, good dog to hunt pups with. And, uh, that's, she treated her first tune with, with the old blue dog. And she swapped around Louisiana here, several different people, one, one, a lot of stuff. Uh, Matt Humphrey and Jason Thomas owned her. I think Jeff Linnigan owned her at one time. Maybe Wayne McMorris. It was several of them. and and matt and them sold her and uh that's when peanut scott and some of them other boys got her and bred her to moose and uh of course that's when carolina peach and Wipeout willie and chopper and all of that bunch come out of that cross and then then they bred georgia cyclone i mean they they bred peach and got cyclone and and went on down the line to puss and now I got Stoner here at the house. Goes back to a dog that I hunted with years ago that we were working on, and he's just like her. <laughs> about four generations back, and I can I'm seeing her again right here, at about the same place. kind of kind of crazy. Out made a full circle. That,
0: that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I we're at two hours, Casey. We done been two hours. It don't feel like it. I mean, I'm. I'm having a great time i got a few more questions for you though uh you know if we're we're going to a major event what are some things that you're going to do to prepare that dog or prepare yourself you know
1: that that's not a that's not a generic question because it depends on what dog i'm hunting you know some dogs need hunting some dogs don't uh this little dog here he needs some hunting but i also like him a little bit fresh too Keep him a little wild, but it just depends on the dog me personally uh mentally get mentally right uh relieve some stress i when I was younger, I'd get stressed out and 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 be worried about everything every little thing that happened and uh the older i've got i've 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 settled down a little bit and uh keep your mind open i I try to stay as stress-free as possible and stay light and and light-hearted at these hunts and don't don't wear your feelings out on your sleeve uh let it let it go and you keep your mind right and and everything will kind of kind of fall into place and and back to the dog it is i i can't answer that question to be honest with you uh I don't think there's a secret potion to it. I think it's just uh depends on the dog. Uh, some dogs need a lot of attention, some don't. Be honest with you, right now, and I'm I'm just telling myself I ain't. I'm not hunting a stoner all this week until Thursday night at this at this pro classic. And one reason is hot down here. We got snakes and everything else right now. And if I get him snake bit right here two days before the hunt i'm not going to teach him and help him or do anything else two days before this hunt so he's laid up and he's going to be fresh when we come out thursday night so and the way i look at it if he don't look good thursday night being fresh by saturday night he ought to be wore down so that ought to change (laughs) so we'll we'll go from there
2: yeah
0: best way you can answer it you know uh so what makes someone a great handler because i've I've heard a lot of people and i don't I know you're not going to brag on yourself, but I've heard a lot of people brag on Casey Dooley as far as being a great handler, so what do you feel makes someone a great handler?
1: Number one is you got to learn how to lose that don't sound big, but there are lots of people. There's a whole generation of people out there right now that don't know how to lose. Uh There's a winner and a loser in everything you do. So you've got to learn how to lose, and you've also got to learn how to win. I mean, if you win and rub it in everybody's face and talk trash, now me and my buddies and all that, we're going to talk trash, but that's a little different, but just general speaking, if you're going to stick your chest out and turn your nose up every time you win something, you know, it, it's going to come back to bite you. Know the rules. When I got that blue book when I was about 15, I studied that thing day and night. Of course, that's what I like to do. And I studied it. And I know the rules backwards and forwards. I got to, you got to know what rule to use in what situation. And probably one of the biggest things is stay calm. You will never win a cast mad. And some guys out there, that's their game, is to throw you off your game and get you upset, get you nervous, and get you mad. If you let them get you mad, you will not win. I've done it. I've been mad before in a cast, and I did not win it. I've been mad in several casts, and I cannot ever remember a cast that I was mad or upset in that I won. You've got to stay calm. You've got to keep your wits. And, and just don't show all your cards. With Facebook nowadays, I love it. Everybody loves it. You know, everybody's on Facebook and everything else I get on there. People show everything about their whole life every day, all day long. Don't, don't show all your cards. You can't, you can't win showing all your cards. Some things need to be kept private. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: don't come on Coon Hunting University and tell how you prepare your dog for a major event. You just gotta say, That's it
1: exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. You have to be careful with these guys on these podcasts that are prying for information. So you 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 just beat around the bush about it. But knowing the rules is, is number one, uh and and learning how to win and how to lose. And staying calm, keeping your head about you. I think that's the three major deals on, on being a good handler.
2: Well, and
0: it's interesting you talk about knowing or learning how to how to lose. You're talking more as far as being someone's character almost, or or the way they carry exactly.
1: themselves. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, if you enter one of these hunts, you're gonna lose sooner or later. I mean. If anybody says I ain't never lost a hunt, they either ain't been to many or they've only been to one or two. I've lost a bunch. Old Dewey Jones hunted around here for years. He, I think he still pleasure hunts a little over around Bastard. He told us one time, he said, ain't nobody winning all the time. And I've kept that with me for a long time. He's right. Now, some people win more than others, but there ain't nobody winning all the time. So that there's three losers and one winner in every cast. So you've got to learn how to lose and how to lose graciously. You don't have to accept it, (laughs) but it's how you act when it happens is where it it comes in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Casey. Uh, So do you have a favorite hunt? And I got two more questions. I know we've been on this forever. I mean, I'm having a great time. It's a great, been a great interview. It really has, but, do you have a favorite hunt that you'd like to talk about and maybe a couple of them if you can't just think of one, you know, but tell me a favorite hunt I, or two.
1: Probably one that stands out in my mind and I won't call any names, but uh I I know you I know you want me to get the dirt, but I <laughs> We were running back around 2004. Texas was putting on a PKC circuit called the Black Gold Challenge. And me, and Justin Caldwell, and Jason Clom, and Ryan Croson, Rochelle McGee, Bobby Woods, Jack Woods, Jack Foley, it was, it was a, I could go on and on. Uh Willie Robertson, it was a bunch of us that run this little old circuit. And we had a little point system going and everything else. While well, I was running that circuit for Rooster. And... uh. <clears throat> I was we had a little handler standing going and and a point standing for the dogs and I was I was up in there pretty good with the handlers points and the dog points and we got down to the to the semifinals and we we had two dog cast had four two dog cast I drew this old dog and like I said I ain't gonna call no names The old rooster dog there wasn't a mean bone in him you can talk to anybody that ever hunted with him. And there was not a ouch in this old dog. But this one old dog, he was pretty notorious about being pretty salty in there. So old rooster gets a treat in there and it's just a two dog cast. We got one judge, non hunting judge out there. And uh, this old dog comes in there to him. And the dog fight breaks out. And, and it got pretty nasty. And old rooster was a big dog. And this old dog was too. And we couldn't, I mean, we were way away from them, but you could hear it, and it was in, a, in the water. And, uh, you know, my first instinct, I said, let's go. You know, we got to get in there. Because I, I know I ain't got a rough dog. I wasn't thinking at the time, you know, we're going there and two dogs are fighting, two dogs are scratched, you know. And uh judge says, hold up, boys. He said, I'm all for going in there. But he said, if we run in there fast and I see both y'all's dogs fighting, he said, I'm scratching both y'all's dogs. And I was like, well, we know who started it. And he said, yeah, yeah, we know, but you can't do nothing about that. We just, I got to go by what I see. Well, the other guy pops off and, and if he listens to this, he'll know who it is. And I, and I smile about it now, but, uh, he says, well, my little old dog can take care of himself. Well, he made, he kind of made me mad. I'm going back on what I said a while ago. I said, well, by golly, mine can too. Well, in just a minute, that dog fight was over, and the only dog treading was the other dog. Mine was disappeared. Well, we get in there, and this is some old backwater, and it's got moss and stuff on it. I can just see a hole out there in that moss and stuff. It looks like a dog went down in it. And I mean, I'm out there dragging my legs through the water trying to find my dog. I I think he's drowned it. I think he's dead. All I got is old beep-beep collar and the antennas in the truck. We scored that tree and yeah, I think it was a circle tree. I can't remember. And I said, can we call time out? I got to find my dog and they said, yeah. So we, I run back to the truck and we called time out and I run to the truck and I got my tracking system out and I turned it on. It's just pegging. Well, I looked and Rooster was under the truck. I pulled him out and he's cut from ear to ear. I mean, he's cut like somebody took a butcher knife to him and <laughs> he's bleeding bad. My dad's sitting in the truck and he says, he come running up for a while ago. He said, he's hurt. He said, we need to go home. I said, I ain't going home. I said, I'm winning this hunt. And uh, he said, you better check that dog, make sure ain't nothing major cut on him. Well, I got to looking and it's just a skin cut. I mean, it wasn't, it was bad, but it wasn't in nothing vital or anything like that. We go down there and cut loose again. Rooster gets treated again. Old dog coming there and pushed him off that tree he leaves. I think that old dog left. Anyway, Right there at the end, this old dog gets treed and he's treed on a big circle tree out in the pasture. A rooster comes tree down the other end of the pasture and I, it's my chance to get him handled while the other dog wasn't there. I said, Judge, while y'all are scoring this tree, can I go down there and handle him? He said, yeah, go ahead. So I run down there and get him, handle him up. And it's a big old tree. I mean, a big house place. Oak got little saplings growed up all around it and everything. I just tied him back to one of them saplings. Well, we go up there, finish scoring his tree. It's a circle. I think all I need is a circle to win and uh we come back down there well when rooster hears us coming and sees that other old dog coming with us he shuts up well old boy gets a little irate he knows he's beat but he gets a little irate and he says uh where's your dog treat i said right there where i got him tied he said i don't believe you i think you put him on that tree i said mister i've never moved the dog a day in my life and i hadn't and i still hadn't to today and i said the dog's tree right there. I said, he does not have to bark while I got him handled. And judge said, no, he don't have to bark. And he said, well, I'm going to question it. He said, this is the final, semi of this thing, and I'm going to question it. I said, well, you can question it all you want. He said, if you'll just turn him loose and he'll run and get back on that tree, I won't say a word. I said, I'm not turning him loose. I said, he won't bark because your dog's standing right here and he's scared he's going to get whooped again. So, we scored the tree
2: and, uh, it was
1: a circle tree and he says, I think you put him on this tree. I said, well, if I'd done that, why wouldn't I put him right there where that coon was? And I shined over about two trees. So there's a coon. I said, there's another one over here. There's another one over here. There's coons sitting all around. And he's, he's still mouthing off. And like I said, it ain't nothing personal. He was trying to win. So we walked out to the field and it's almost breaking daylight. And, uh, he says, you're a gambling man. He said, why don't we just flip a coin? see who wins i said why would i do that when i've already won he said yeah but i got a question on that card and i'm gonna get the card throwed out. i said there you ain't got a leg to stand on what well, he kept on and i was young i mean this has been 20 years ago and i was young had a little chip on my shoulder and he kept mouthing off and he knew he was getting to me and uh he said well i thought you scared i said i tell you what I said, you got a quarter? He said, yes, sir. I got one right here with a Texas star on it, and we were in Texas. I said, flip that quarter. And the judge looked at me, and he said, are you sure? He said, you're winning. I said, flip it. Well, he let me call it in an there, and he flipped it, and I called tails, and it went down in that hay field and that grass, and they dug it back. And when I shined that light on it, that old Texas star looked like the sun shines. <laughs> and I reached down and picked that up. I said, I'll be danged. I said, I'll beat you in the hunt. And I won the coin toss too. I said, maybe I need to go play the lottery. And he went to grab that quarter and I said, you mind if I keep that as a keepsake? And I just stuck it in my pocket and walked off. So <laughs> I think that was probably one of my most memorable ones as far as things going bad and then went good. So
0: Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, so Casey, anyone you'd like to shout out or anything you'd like to say before we get off here? I, I thank you for coming on here and uh, I appreciate you taking this time. We're at two hours and over two hours and 15 minutes here and I, I appreciate hey, your time. That's awesome. Everybody ain't is.
1: nobody going to want to listen to all this rambling, but uh, they I'd, are. I'd, uh, I'd love to, I need to thank my wife first off. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's a good Tasha. We've been married probably, I think 18 years come August and uh, she puts up with a lot. Uh, I've stayed gone a good bit and working and hunting and she supports me and my mom and dad whole family really I mean my brother and his family they like I said they run the rabbit hunts and the field trials and I got his boys hunting a little bit with me and they uh they're gonna come to the youth hunt as a matter of fact in a few weeks and uh we're gonna try to get them in it and see what they can do but uh man I got so many friends that help me uh help me with these dogs and we hunt together and everything else and i I need to thank Butch Sensley and Jim with because they put this dog on me and, and and me and him making a team so far and uh just thank the good Lord give me the the health and the privilege to be able to get out and do this uh, We don't realize how lucky we are to be able to do this every day and you know, I take it for granted. We get out there in these woods and we go to get mad at these dogs and this ain't worth nothing and I can't win nothing. And then you think about somebody that can't go hunting. And it, it, it works on me pretty good sometimes, but, uh, get kind of selfish, you know, I guess it's just human nature, but, uh, I've got a little older and, it out a little bit so i'm i'm seeing that a little bit more but i still like to win so any of y'all listening don't think i'm laying down but uh there if i start naming everybody of course you know i got a name lively since he named me and, and he is but uh i'm probably gonna beat him this weekend uh even though i'm staying at his camp down there but we'll we'll see how that goes but. I got a lot of people that back me and a lot of people that support me and a lot of friends that hunt with me and I just, I appreciate them very much, even though we don't show it sometimes, you know, but, but that's about it, I guess.
0: Yeah, Casey, that's awesome, man. That really is. And, uh, I'm sure Jesse will listen to this and, uh, look back and, uh, y'all be talking again if you, uh, said you're going to beat him. So, uh. <laughs> For your sake, I hope you do.
2: (laughs) Me too. Me too. All right. All
0: right, right, Casey, man. I appreciate it, buddy. And uh you have a good one. And thank dude, thank you so much for coming on here. I really do. We've been trying to do this for a while and uh I'm glad we got to do it. It's been awesome. It really has. We've covered every breed besides plots, I think. And uh it was a good
1: one.
0: Yeah. It was a good one.
1: I appreciate you giving me the opportunity.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Casey all right all right buddy bye. bye i really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as i did if you like what you heard here go on over to facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple podcast leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out and remember if you need a new hunting light do not overlook superior they make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, they're walking light, and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunt University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.